Welcome to Coach Pep Talk, the podcast for your coaching business. This week, I've got Simone Leslie on the line, and she's going to talk to us all about how to find your calling as a coach. So welcome, Simone. Thank you. It is really great to be here. It's really great uh, to have you here. Um, I would like to do a little bit of a, a spiel introducing you, so let's see how we go. I've been practicing this this morning. <laughs> so um, Simone Leslie is a neurostrategist author and presenter. In her one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, she's known for her ability to get breakthroughs for her clients, so take note. Um, she also runs uh, online programs and retreats and speaks all over the world. And speaking is actually how I first met Simone. She, we were at, I was at a networking event with a friend of mine and Simone got on stage and it's like, the clouds parted, the sun came out, and she was just this ball of light and inspiration. And I was actually going through a phase where I was kind of rethinking my whole coaching business, wondering what's the whole point of it all. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be really brave tonight and I'm going to go introduce myself to Simone. I'm going to see what wisdom she has to share with me. And I reckon she'll have that, that I'll need to share that with you guys too, the listeners. So, so here we are. This is how I met Simone. And um, in the process, before you know, while I was preparing for this interview and doing my research, I read Simone's amazing book, which is It's Okay to Be Beautiful, Whisp uh, Heavenly Whispers to a Broken Heart. And what it does is it kind of outlines um, some revelations that Simone had on her own journey to finding her calling. So we'll probably talk a little bit about the book and uh, probably talk about some other things that um, inspire Simone in the moment. Um, but what I'm hoping for is that this, this interview really is for you coaches who are out there that were like me a couple of weeks ago thinking, what is the point? Why am I here? Am I really on the right track? To give you some inspiration and some motivation to, to keep going and keep pursuing your dreams and your calling. So how's that for an intro, Simone? You wanna add anything? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> Excellent, okay. Whew. All right, didn't follow my notes at all, um, but that's all right. Okay, so let's get straight into it. And I mean, this episode is all about finding your calling. So could you just really briefly and quickly, just so you can set the stage, the context, if you will, what is a calling? Um, and maybe you could give us um, an example or two. Sure. So uh, what I believe a calling is, is um, the very thing that you've been born and placed on earth for. So often you have, you are passionate about it or some people um, have something that they're really frustrated about in this world that they would love to change. And I generally say it's no coincidence that you have that frustration because if you desire to change it, then maybe that's actually your calling to change it or to at least be a part of the change of that problem. So really your calling is like an assignment for your life. What problem on earth are you here to fix or what what is it that you what is your life message what do you want to do with your life that's pretty big stuff and <laughs> i know when you asked me when we had our we had our coffee date so i could get to know you and you know research this episode you you said something like but hey what is you know what really pisses you off <laughs> what really frustrates you i don't know if you said pisses off that's my interpretation um and i was like oh wow that's big so uh, can you give us some examples of of people who have calling or share yours or some that you've been really inspired by in, in your life? Sure. So um, I'm inspired by a lot of people. I have, uh, my heroes are probably a little bit different to the normal, you know, uh, 
masked caped heroes, but they're, they're, my heroes are overcomers, um, people who have been through adversity and, and come out the other side as victorious rather than victims. Um, but in my life in particular, the thing that I'm really passionate about is getting rid of the lies that, um, that live in our neural programming, the lies that either block or limit or sabotage us in some way um, that literally sabotage the calling on our own life or the assignment on our life. So that's, I think that came from my history and my upbringing, my, my childhood, etc. cetera. Um, we may get into that a bit later, I don't know. But um, over 20 years ago, I was literally suicidal and I was, I was presenting on Good Morning Australia and a few other national shows. And most people would think, oh, she's got the world at her feet. You know, how lucky, I think I was 20 or something, early 20s at the time. Um, but literally it was just a mask of confidence that helped me to um, survive the world around me because what it was hiding on the inside was literally a shattered, broken, depressed and suicidal little girl that was just so full of fear and anxiety and, you know, just riddled with lies literally in my neural programming, in my brain about my worth. And I didn't believe that I was worthy of love, of anything really, and certainly not worthy of life. If you're not worthy of love in my process of thinking, you're certainly not worthy of life. And that's what led me to become suicidal. So having walked that journey of, um, you know, tooth and nail, clawing my way out of that dark emotional swamp and that just, just mess on the inside of me, I have learned the truth and I even started studying the brain way back then because I wanted to know what was wrong with me. But what I actually found was what was right with me, what makes me unique, the way I think, the way I'm put together, the calling on my life, etc. So um, I'm super passionate now around that area of breakthrough um, emotionally, mentally, to um, take people to the next level or, or just to break them into really the call on their life, the assignment on their life. Yeah. When I think about all the breakthroughs that I've experienced in my journey as a coach and as a, as a woman, as a mother, all of those things, it, it, it's usually always around some lie that I've been telling myself in that realization, that aha moment. And, and then you have to kind of reinvent yourself once you come to this new truth, I suppose. So makes perfect sense. Um, I've been reading, I'm really into self-esteem lately and I've been reading about, um, I've been reading a lot about self-esteem and this concept of pseudo self-esteem. Like you look at people, you know, that you think, like you said, have the world at their feet and, and really they're just like crumbling underneath. So I'm really fascinated by that. So I think the, the timing of, of how you've entered into my life is just perfect. So, <laughs> okay. So let's keep going. Um, let's see. Why do you think, especially for coaches, that it's so important for um, them to, I guess, find that peace, find that space to do the work to find their calling? Yeah, I think it's, it's really about authenticity, to be honest. It's a big um, buzzword, isn't it? Yeah, not that I wouldn't be honest either, but... Um, <laughs> But to live an authentic life, again, um, relates directly to the call of the assignment on your life. Because if you're made for a certain purpose or if you're made for a life message and um, the, the assignment on your life generally includes your natural talents and giftings, 
but also your life experience as well. Your life experience is what will actually train you and hone you and mould you into the perfect fit for that assignment. And um, actually in my book, I talk about it a little bit, like the world is like, let's say there's, there's almost 8 billion people in the world today. So I kind of look at it like an 8 billion piece jigsaw puzzle. And each one of us are a piece in that puzzle. But what we actually need is the space to fit into and that space is our assignment or the call on our life. So what happens is we have like a jigsaw puzzle, we have a custom made space to fit our custom made shape. Now, if we look at, at someone else and see them doing the, uh, you know, the call or assignment on their life and we go, wow, that would be really cool. You know, I'd love to do what they're doing. And um, it's kind of, sometimes it's like, the way I explain it, it's like taking that piece of a jigsaw puzzle and trying to jam it into a space where it really doesn't fit. And if that's us, there's going to be um, incongruencies in our life. We're going to feel uncomfortable. We're not going to feel quite right. Or we won't be at loving what we're actually doing because it's not the perfect fit. So what we need to do is to discover our authenticity is really look at our motives as why we are doing what we're doing or why we want to do what we want to do. And um, just have a, I like to say, have a good hard look at yourself and those motives to find out, is it authentic? Like, what are we doing this? Are we doing this for us? Or are we doing it for the greater good of the world? What, what is that? Mm. I remember um, a long time ago, because I am a singer as well, I really wanted to release an album and, you know, hopefully it goes to number one worldwide. And during that time, I was working really hard trying to get this goal off the ground. And um, there was a lot of hurdles and a lot of obstacles that needed to be worked through. And I felt like along this journey, I had that, heard that little whisper from heaven just say to me or ask me the question, why are you doing this? And I'm like, well, God, for you, you know, like when it goes to number one, I can tell the world how amazing you are and that the love songs are actually about you. And kind of the heavenly whisper just came back like, mm, uh-huh. And anyway, so I just keep going about my, my goal and my journey. And then maybe a couple of weeks later, I heard that same whisper again, that heavenly whisper say, oh, Simone, why are you actually doing this? Mm. And I'd be like, well, for you, God, remember I told you a couple of weeks ago so that when the album goes to number one and I'm interviewed and I can tell everyone about you and your love and how amazing you are. And I just heard again, uh-huh. So it kind of started to spark a little bit of, you know, self-analysation in me. And then maybe another couple of weeks later, the same question came to me. And this time I thought, I must be missing something here because this question, this is a third time around. So what am I missing? So I really stopped to examine my motives as to why I wanted to be this, you know, world famous singer or whatever. And before I answered, I, I had a think about it and I searched my motives and I came back with, it was like the truth answered this time. And it, and it was just, I just want to be loved. That's why I'm doing this. I really, I want to be loved. And there was the, ah, oh, that came back. Aren't you loved already? Yeah. You know, more than you could possibly imagine and more than you could ever possibly know. You, you know you're already loved. And I just went, wow, okay. So I share that story 
to explain that sometimes we think we're doing this for the right reasons or we think we've got the right motives, but um, it, sometimes it just takes a little bit of self-discovery and, and real raw honesty to go, really, when we ask ourselves, really, why am I doing this? What am I trying to achieve? Is it for me? Do I want the fame, the notoriety? Do I want money? Am I doing this for a financial sense? Or am I really trying to make a difference in this world? Yeah. And I, I found in, in, in my journey that, that the answer can be really sneaky. Like we're really good at deluding ourselves. <laughs> like yeah. We can come up with really clever, uh, like rational answers that are like, yeah, yeah that feels, that sounds right. <laughs> but they can be a lie still. So, yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, yes, yeah, so it's, it's really, I think that like lately I had been attaching my, myself, my self-worth to the success or not success or amount of money that my business makes. And to do that separate, but I didn't realize I was doing it. And once I realized it and started that unraveling process, it was, uh, it was, it put me in a really interesting space. I want to circle back to, um, what you said about, um, you know, uh, well, I'm not exactly sure exactly what you said, but the thing that it, it made, I want to circle back to, because I know it's so relevant to coaches is, is that as coaches, we often subscribe to lots of other coaches stuff or, you know, we're really familiar with our competitors and that can be pretty overwhelming and pretty daunting. So it was around when you were talking about, you know, looking at whatever, but everybody else is up to and they're, you know, they're in the, they may or may not be in their piece of the puzzle, but that following the pack or following the trends, especially I think for coaches, like I, I sense it with my clients all the time that they're feeling overwhelmed about having to market a certain way or to, to show up a certain way and to do certain things to be successful as a coach. Could you just talk to that a little bit? Cause I know it's a really pressing topic for a lot of the, uh, uh, my listeners. Sure. So there's a couple of um, a couple of layers with my answer on that. First, I'll probably just address the whole spiritual side first of all. Um, so for me, I believe in you know our heavenly Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and and I think that there is a spiritual. Well, I believe there's a spiritual side to every single one of us. Um, you might believe it's something else. Uh, but if we look at the fact that, um, you, you know, it's with body, soul and spirit. And so if you're only dealing with the two, with body and soul, you're leaving a massive element out of your assignment or the call on your life. So as I said, whatever it is for you, it's, I really encourage you to explore that spiritual side of things because that's, um, for me, with, with my uh, spirituality that's where I get the you know divine assignment divine calling answers uh, help whatever it is guidance along the way so um, I th so that's that's the first biggest element I think and now secondly the whole we unfortunately can fall into that trap of comparison and competition and whatever but when you truly understand your assignment and your authentic call on your life, you actually have no competition mm -hmm. because you are the only you you can be. There's only one of you and there's actually only one assignment or one calling or one purpose for your life. So no one else can do that other than you. You are custom made for it. So it kind of gets rid of that um, anxiety of competition or fear or whatever it is. Um, and it allows us to embrace each other. 
And one of the things that um, I felt like God showed me on this many, many years ago, again, this story is in my book, was about an orchestra. I remember driving home one evening, late evening, actually after singing rehearsals. And, and I was listening to some classical music and I was just in my own world. It was, it was quite late at night and um, not much traffic around. And I was just thinking, wow, this piece sounds really amazing. There was this whole huge flute section and there was some playing the same lines. There were some harmonies and it was just really amazing. And I, I was just thanking God. I was like, wow, God, this is really cool. And and he said, yeah, you know what? It wouldn't sound the same if it was just one flute, would it? I said, no, it wouldn't. It would sound really thin. And what makes it beautiful is that there's so many flutes playing this piece. And he showed me that's very much like the assignments on our life. He said, you know what? Some people will have a very similar assignment to you. In fact, they could be another flute player. Like if you're a flute player, they could play the flute as well. But it's not about competition. It's not about actually, you know, there really only needs to be one flute player because when we join together, so even in the coaching realm, like there's a lot of coaches out there these days and it's not about being the best or the only one or, you know, in the coaching realm. It's about staying true to your lane and staying true to your assignment and the authenticity that you bring. Now, some will be very similar and they could have a very similar life message, but that's great because I know for me, I can't get around to 8 billion people in my lifetime, not one-on-one anyway, you know, I know there's technology these days, but you know, so there's, we're going to need a team of people around us. And that actually makes us sound a whole lot better like the, um, the flute section. And some will be similar, but they'll be doing a different kind of harmony. And again, it makes us um, just work together instead of kind of fighting each other and competing with each other. It's more about loving each other and embracing the authenticity on each of our lives, even though it may be similar, like some will be completely different, like you speaking to a double bass when you're a flute but we're all trying to do the same thing and that is um make the world a better place make each life a better life and um yeah do our best yeah yeah i love that so you may have touched on this already but how do you really know when you've found your calling and i'm gonna throw a double question in and once you've found it, is it your calling for life or does it change? Um, I believe you only have one call of, I call it the call of God on your life or one assignment for your life. Mm-hmm. Um, it can unfold. Like for oh. me, for example, like when I first saw um, the assignment on my life, um, it overwhelmed me enough at that point, which was a small part of my assignment. If I saw the whole thing, I may well have had a heart attack and died. Okay. So so that's a really important distinction then is that it will unfold and you might get little pieces just so that you can bear it. Yeah. Some people could be completely different and that, you know, and if they have a huge capacity, so they might see the whole thing and go, yep, that's what it is. But others like myself that, um, you know, used to be have massive issues around overwhelm uh it's sometimes just you just get a piece a a little piece and then i talk about being obedient to that first step because it's the start of the journey and sometimes you don't get the step two unless you've done step one so it's just being obedient um to that so no i don't believe the assignment changes although it can unfold as you go along and you 
you know, it's like goals. You do achieve one goal and then where are you going from there? Um, how you find your assignment. Um, so that's, that's a really great, great question because some of the listeners or the viewers may go, oh, I know my assignment and it's, they might get a real gut feel about it. They might just, you know, they say, you know that you know when you find the one, you know, the one person for your life. Um, your calling or your assignment is similar to that. You can, some people will just know. And then there's others who are not sure. And often when you come across people who are able and have, have the skills to do many different things and they're, you know, relatively good at a lot of things and um, you're just like, what is the one thing though? What is the one thing? So that can sometimes be a little bit confusing. Often, your assignment will actually involve all those things that you're good at, but we're just not sure how to pull it all together or how to make it start or what the bigger picture is. So for me, I was a little bit like one of those people who, you know, I, I was relatively good academically, sporting, music, art. It's like, okay, well, television presenting, what am I, what am I here for? What am I gonna do? You know, what is the one thing? And so how I went about it was, again, it was uh, strongly linked to the spiritual side where I, I prayed. I'm like, okay, God, what is the one thing or what is the assignment for my life, the call on my life? What do you want me to do? And so it was really, for me, it was really about drawing close to the source, drawing close to that spiritual side and going, what is it? And for me, I was fasting. I fasted for about a week. Um, I prayed and um, I just pressed in and it was really about intimacy with yeah, that spiritual side with God or um, you know whatever you call it the source whatever it is for you yeah. so if someone wasn't you know um, you know didn't feel comfortable with say praying to God would it would meditation or something be a, 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 a similar kind of process that you would you would recommend absolutely yeah, yeah. so it's like it's about getting quiet and allowing new inspiration or universal energy or love or whatever that force is to come in and to speak with you. Yeah. For me, I think it's, it's cutting back all the noise and just listening for the truth. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's what it was for me because, you know, as we've chatted about before, it's, we can be really deceived. We can deceive ourselves into thinking we're on the right track and we're doing it for good, but really our motives are a little bit sneaky and um, it's not for the greater good of the world. It might be some hole or some brokenness in us that we're trying to fix. So if we can be still and be quiet and, you know, create space to allow that to step aside for a moment or two and really ask the question um, in a vulnerable way, I think, mm -hmm. like... You, like for me, was I willing to lay that aside? Was I was I willing to kill off that dream? Was my was where I got to, and and I actually got to a place of real desperation of going. And I I said to God, you know what, God, you can rip my voice box out. I don't care if I never even speak again, let alone sing. But I just so desperately want to know what the one thing is. What is the call? on my life what what is the assignment you've given me and that's when it came in that time of just desperate authenticity laying my plans down and my dreams down to go what is it that you want for me mm. so when you were in that state when you you got quiet you allowed space 
and you've got the, the, the message, I guess the calling, was it on the path of unfolding or was it boom, you got everything right there? I didn't get everything right there. I got a pretty big vision right there. And um, the, everyone's unique, you know, how they deal with their spiritual side, I guess, or how they hear from God or the universe or whatever it is, um, meditation. Um, for me, I just chat to God like a friend. And I don't necessarily hear it out loud, but I, you know, have chats in my head. So um, one time I was pretty down and during this time of fasting and, and, you know, pushing to try and get this album off the ground and whatever. And um, I was just quite discouraged. And I'd heard a good friend of mine just had a really great break in the singing area, actually. And although I literally was really happy for her, it still um, highlighted my own struggle. So you know, everyone's chatting around and talking and when the time was appropriate, I just excused myself and I actually went out of the room. I went right outside and there was this beautiful park there and um, it's normally really pristine. It's, I've even seen the gardeners clip off dead flowers. It's just, it's immaculate, this park normally, but there was a bin that was tipped over and I heard this little, you know, heavenly whisper, this little voice in my head, go and pick it up and put it back in the bin. So first thing I did was I challenged that, that little voice. I'm like, oh, is that you, God? Is that me? You know, what's going on? Is that just my thoughts? And anyway, after a little while, I thought, oh, I'll just go and do it. You know, go and be obedient. Go and do this. So as I'm bending down to pick up the chunky, kind of relatively clean bits of rubbish, I hear this, even the yucky little bits, even those disgusting tiny bits. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm picking all this stuff up and I put it all back in the bin and um, then I went and sat down again and I'm like, okay, God, well, if that was you, what was that about? And that's from that moment was when I saw this vision of me um, walking on stage. There was several thousand people there. My husband had just walked off. He was, he had just spoken, but I was about to walk on and speak to these people. And he said to me, um, you will be a counsellor and you will literally take the rubbish out of people's minds and out of people's lives and nice. put it in the bin. Hmm. And he said, but when people come to you for this, you need to, he said, your heart's like a garden and you need to keep your heart beautiful and clean because people will come to that beautiful place. But if it's all, messy with rubbish and overgrown with brambles you know not many people are going to want to come and spend time in that place he said so you need to keep your heart pure and clean and pristine mm. he said and not only that people will come to that place and counsel with you and but they will dump their rubbish on you that and some people are pretty good you know like they'll go to a park and they'll leave they'll put their rubbish in the bin and clean it and leave it you know nice the way they found it he said but other people will won't they'll just leave their rubbish everywhere so, so you need to go and pick up that rubbish and put it in the bin and not only that you need to visualize and see that the bin man comes to take it away so that you're you know holding on to other people's rubbish and it becomes overflowing in your own heart mm. so it was kind of this um dual level that he was speaking to me on about a vision of the future of what i would be doing but also the essence of my life message and my life calling yeah yeah i love it i love how the world like 
continually gives us metaphors for how to, to live by. And I think your book is such a beautiful illustration of that. And I've certainly like every time I'm at the gym or I'm at archery or I'm painting and you know, I, like you get metaphors like, Oh, that's a metaphor to live by. Like I've got to start an Instagram thing on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So it sounds like, so we looked at this, the steps, you know, the, the, the way to find your calling. It's, it's different for everybody. Everybody has their own, Thing, but it seems like a real key, and I've certainly experienced it in my own situation, um, where you need to get quiet and you need to find inner peace and I guess leave space for that voice, whatever, whatever way you choose to hear it in, can, can have a place to land. Yeah. Did you say that that's, and I've had that happen to me two years ago where I was in a, a kind of a space where, you know, rethinking and reinventing and the, something just floated down to me. And it just landed, I felt it was like it landed on my shoulders and it was the word coach guardian. And it just gave me peace. And I was, I don't, I mean, I'm still kind of unraveling what to do with that. And then very recently, the other word that just floated down was self-esteem. Like, wow, isn't that interesting? But it just floats down and it lands. And but I had created the space. I've been doing, you know, um, 40 minute sunrise meditations every morning and just in a really different place. Like that's the one message I want to give to everybody is just start meditating. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness for my friend, Erin Ashley, who got me going with that. She's going to be on the show soon. So look out for that one. Okay. So, but it sounds like creating the space. Are there any other really key steps besides, besides that? I guess you said a lot in your metaphor too, keeping, keeping your garden clean. Um, is there anything else you want to add? Like if you were just going to kind of give us a to-do list, for people who are at that place right now and they just need help and they need answers, they need to process. Yeah, the other really great thing to do, which I have done um, in different times of my life as well, is get some key people. So, um, you know, for us girls, get some key girlfriends that you really trust around you and go away for a weekend. But don't, don't do the whole, you know, woo shopping, alcohol, girls weekend or whatever. Like specifically go away for a God weekend or a meditation weekend or something like that where um, that's the goal. So, and, and you're doing it together as a team. So this, when I've done this before in my life, it's really given me the most amazing um, revelations and um, keys to next level stuff in my life. And a lot of it actually really helps break off junk from your life as well and from mindsets and lies. So, so getting, as I said, getting a few key girlfriends or guy friends or whatever it is for you um, that you trust to be vulnerable with and to, you know, maybe unload some stuff um, from the past or just seeking advice for the future. So when I've done this, um, we just put some really great music on and um, like not dance music, but you know, play whether it's meditation music or worship music, whatever it is for you. And, um, and then we just, we just pray. And for us, we invite the Holy spirit to lead the whole thing. And, and then we'll put one person in the middle and we'll just pray for them. And then whatever we feel like we're receiving, we'll offer that to them so whether uh you know it might be a vision or it might be a word or i don't know what it is but you're just sharing that and not necessarily in a way you know thus saith the lord type thing it's just like hey this is what i what i got take it or leave it type thing yeah. because you know we could be wrong who knows but 
those times in my life have really been transformational as well when I have done that. And um, yeah, I totally recommend that way as well. That's such an amazing idea. I've never done that, but I think I'm, uh, I'm going to need to do that. Um, yeah, and I think that's a change that I've, I've been exploring and I'd like to see in the world uh, that, you know, we've become quite isolated as communities and um, to, to get people back together to support each other on a deeper, you know, I think it's fun to party and dance. Of course, there's a place for all that. Yeah. And sure. also, yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, and also, you know, that, but that time to reflect and just be friends and support each other. And I think we are all powerhouses of wisdom and intuition and we all have, um, you know, messages that, that, that can be communicated to our friends and our loved ones. So I love that idea. Thank you so much. Yeah. Pleasure. Okay. Um, let's see. Is there anything else you want to say about how to find your, your, your calling? Any other messages for, for anybody who might, might be drowning or might be, um, I don't know, anywhere on that, that, that spectrum? Is there any, any other messages you want to communicate before we move on? Um, I think, as I mentioned before, your calling generally is the coupling of um, your giftings and your life experience, which becomes training, um, training for reigning. <laughs> so... Um, Sometimes it's good to have a look back at your childhood and see what you were interested in, what, what um, ignites your passion or your fire. What do you love doing? Because you know the, the old saying, you know, when you love what you do, you're never going to work again. And our calling should fit us perfectly like a glove. And when we find like us as that puzzle piece, when we find the perfect space, it's going to fit perfectly. Um, and it's so going to feel good. It's going to feel great. Now, having said that, there's always <laughs> going to be things in, you know, if you're running your own business, there's you still got to do your bookkeeping. <laughs> yeah. There's elements that you love about it. But there's elements that you don't love as much, right? Yeah. So there's, there's always going to be that. But overall on the majority of the scale, you're going to really enjoy the direction that you're going in and, and the people that you're helping or whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. So yeah, look, it's, it's got to be something that you love. One thing I will say on that is um, if it truly is your calling, like when you see it or when you first get it, it actually should scare you. Mm. It should, you should be thinking, oh my gosh, this is way too big for me. You've got to be kidding. So that's because a calling or an assignment on your life should be too big for you because you need that spiritual element to guide you and help you and grow you through that as well. So, and um, I think we were chatting the other day about the flailing feeling. So when a newborn baby is born, it's, it's spent nine months like wrapped up really tight in the womb. And then when it comes out, it has this lack of boundaries. It's like, I can't do it on this because you can't see my yeah. hands, but it's like, whoa, this is, this is, yeah, yeah they're like, where is, where is the boundary? So um, your calling should feel a little bit like that as well. Like when, when that gets dropped into your spirit, into your heart, into your mind, you should go, oh my gosh, that is enormous and scary and way too big for me. Mm. Um, and therefore it's like, well, actually it is your calling, but that spiritual side is like, for me, it's like when I saw that for me, I was freaking out, but God said, no, actually that is your calling. And I will walk you there every step of the way. I'll be beside you. I'll be holding your hand. I'll be guiding you, etc. 
So if you're freaked out about your calling, yay, you're probably on <laughs> Celebrate. And if you are freaked out about your calling and you've got a calling or you're even questioning, please leave a comment in any of the show notes on any of the platforms. We'll find it and, um, and get back to you. We'd love to hear, you know, like, what, what are you called to do? Please share it with us. It's really exciting stuff. Okay. Now I have a, I have a couple more questions before we wrap up. And I'm just curious to know, like, how do you see the, the coaching industry changing or shifting provided that coaches do actually end up in that right piece of their, the jigsaw puzzle. You know, they, they found their calling, their assignment. Sure. So I, I personally think it, the world will be a better place if we were all doing our calling because the bigger picture would actually make sense. You know, like if you had an 8 billion piece jigsaw puzzle and every piece was in its right place, it means you're going to understand the big, bigger picture of that puzzle, aren't you? You're going to go, oh, that's a picture of, you know, the, the sea or the mountains or whatever it is. But when the pieces of the puzzle are in different spots that they're not supposed to be in, even if they think they are, the, the bigger picture is not going to be not going to make sense. It'll just be like a blurry mess of colour and shapes and lines. So if we all actually we're really honest with ourselves and discovered that authenticity and of our calling and then went and did that, then I believe the world would be a better place. There's room enough for everyone because there's only one you to do the calling on your life. So we just, we just need to find that. I think, unfortunately, the, the, um, the hiccups in that is that sometimes like i mentioned before we see another calling and go "Ooh, that's shiny Ooh, that looks good you know i'd like to do that and we try doing what someone else is doing because we think that's a better calling than what we've got but ultimately it ends up being um uncomfortable not the right fit etc it's not helping us it's not helping other people because we're not being authentic in that um position yeah it's like we're living person. we're living a lie like we're lying to ourselves that's but right. It's, and sometimes it's like, hard to know when you're lying and when you're not. Yeah. But the other thing is, like I mentioned with the, the fear factor of it, some people don't do their calling because they're too afraid of it. And unfortunately, that then leaves not only them feeling unfulfilled in life and not loving their life, it actually leaves sometimes millions of people, depending on you know who you're called to interact with, you know it could be one it could be 10 could be 100 could be just your family and friends but it could be thousands or tens of thousands of people that are not growing in in their life and their calling because you're not doing your calling out of fear of oh my gosh that's too big for me or who am i oh my gosh there's a whole nother story that i've got to do with my question yeah well that but, that so resonates with me actually and like the first thing that popped into my head when you said that was, wow, you know, I have to walk my talk and be the best I can be for my daughter because yeah. I am, you know, I mean, my, I think my primary role is to, to contribute to the evolution of humanity and my daughter is my offspring and I have to raise her up as high as I can with all of the, the wisdom and knowledge that I can impart and then she will be equipped to take it even further. And if I have done that, I have lived an amazing and a blessed life. <laughs> and that's just one person. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and actually that to me feels pretty complete and pretty awesome. If I, if I do the best job just for her, now, not to mention great. all the other people that, you know, we can impact with shows like this and through coaching. Sure. But, you know, we talk about leaving the world a better place and it's, it's quite a common um, adage and phrase, but how, what's the practicality behind that? And often we think, oh, well, we need to be a world famous coach or whatever it is. But in essence, that might not actually be the call on, you know, on our life. It could be to be the best, best mum we can be and lift our children further and higher than we ever, you know, went. Or it could just be being a great daughter or a great friend or um, the best knitter because, you know, I know there's, it might sound funny, but there is groups of uh, women that I know, chicks with sticks, who knit things, blankets, all sorts of stuff that then get taken overseas for um, those less fortunate and whatever who, you know, orphanages and all sorts of stuff where these people just have not had anything and they are so totally blown away by having been given a blanket that has been personally created for them. It places so much value on them. So, mm. you know, a calling may not be, you know, obviously it's not just the calling is to be a coach, you know, for 8 billion people in the world. There's all sorts of stuff and it doesn't have to be this high-flying, high and mighty world famous thing it can be so simple as just mm. loving your neighbor loving your family and as well, you say being the best you you can be yeah i think i i'm so glad you brought that up actually because i think that it's something that as coaches we struggle we can struggle with a lot looking out and thinking we have to be this we have to be that you know and those are all the, sh the shoulds they're they're the lies really and i think if we start in our own garden if you will like Am I loving my family? Am I loving myself? You know, am yeah. I supporting my friends? Am I a great wife or husband? If you're um, a man, you know, like start there. If, if, if I think if you know if you don't know your calling yet, like we can start small, and then like you say, it, it, the you called it unfolding. You're and you'll be unfolding from a place of truth and realness, and just get rid of that pressure. I think that's something that I've I've really shed recently, and man, it feels great. <laughs> Yeah, so cool. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, if there's one thing that you want listeners to take away from, from this and, and put into their life, what, what would that be? Okay. So, um, I have dealt with a lot of fear in my own life and, um, and I deal with it in other people's lives as well around anxiety, not being, not feeling good enough, all that sort of stuff. The, I deal with the core identity neural programs in our brain because you shift that and you will literally um, change your life. In fact, my signature program is called Change Your Mind, Change Your Life. So um, fear is something that I'd like to leave the uh, audience with. And a really great visualisation that works for me is if you know there's this big calling on your life and it's our calling, our calling is big for everyone, as I say, whether it's, you know, going across the road to because you've baked some muffins for your neighbour and you could be completely freaked out about that, you know, that, that's big if that's, if that's the thing that you need to do. Or it could be speaking on stages around the world, you know, and that could freak you out, whatever. Whatever it is for you. I have a little visualisation that I do and that is I imagine myself at the end of my life having spent however many years on this earth and I've passed away and 
there I am in heaven and excuse me um Jesus is there to meet me and he says to me have you ever seen the the sliding door movie there's a movie called sliding doors anyway I don't think um, so with Gwyneth Paltrow, but this is kind of a visualization like yeah. that. So there's we'll two find stars. it and put the link in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. still maybe. Um, so there's two scenarios, two possible scenarios. So the first one is you die, you go to heaven, and, and for me, Jesus is there to meet me, and he says, "Well done, you know, baby girl. I love you so much. Uh, good to see you, and been waiting for this day all your life, or whatever." And um, he said you know, I know you had some challenges in your life. I know, I know your childhood. I know the things you had to deal with. I know how they affected you. I know every wound, every bruise, every bump, every hurt and heartache and every broken bit of you that you, you had to deal with in your life. And he said, but honey, you know, I gave you everything you needed to get over that. And I know that you were really afraid but I did give you everything you need to get over that. And I just want to show you something. And then behind him, I see this sea of faces, like you just can't count them. And he says to me, because you chose to bow down to fear instead of faith, because you chose to live in your emotions and your unworthiness instead of what I had done for you and, and the value that I placed upon you and the, the literally wholeness that I gave you because you chose to live in fear. These people aren't here because they were who I put in your path for your life. And that just devastates me. It absolutely devastates me for the people, for, you know, how I would, you know make god feel and it's just it traumatizes me <laughs> so yeah, yeah. well especially if you start story. seeing some of the faces and putting yeah. like if it's your 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 child or your partner or you know and yeah. then all these other people that you don't even know wow yeah. that's pretty powerful okay that's uh <laughs> so that's one scenario but the second scenario oh, okay we get another one <laughs> yeah oh, breathe. and this is not biblical okay this is just my visualization yeah. that helps so you can me you can over. you can interpret yeah, this in your in whichever way works for you but it works right it's a yeah the visualization this helps me get over myself yeah so the second scenario is you live your life you die you go to heaven and jesus is there to meet you hey baby girl good to see you i'm so happy you embrace and hug and you know welcome to heaven like how good's that he goes you know what honey I knew you had challenges in your life. I, I know your childhood. I know the trauma. I know the abuse. I know the fear. I know every wound, bump, bruise that you had had to deal with and walk through. And he goes, you know what? I know how afraid you were. He said, but honey, you have done so well because instead of bowing down to those emotions of fear and unworthiness and I can't and the questions of who am I and all that stuff, he said, you chose to believe. You chose to believe me and the value that I placed upon you. And, the, and you chose to believe the truth instead of the lies. And I know that was hard sometimes, he said, but you chose it. You made that decision every time to choose the truth and to rise up and to get on and to be an overcomer and to be victorious rather than a victim. And he said, I just want to show you something. And he you know, pulls aside and I see just thousands and thousands and innumerable faces behind him. And he said, I want you to know that because you 
chose faith, because you chose um, to be victorious rather than a victim, these people are here because of your choice. And so I thank you for that. Yeah. So I'm more happy with scenario number two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. <sighs> well, that's, I think that's, that's the zinger. That takes the cake on the, like, the last, uh, the thing the listeners take away. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I'm sweating now. <laughs> yeah, I guess at the end of the day, what, I, what I'm often saying is, you know what, we need to get, we need to get over our own ship. And S is about self-love. We need to really learn how to accept ourselves, warts and all, just love us who we are. H is healing. If there's stuff in your past, you just need to go to that vulnerable spot, vulnerable spot and heal it. Um, I is identity, understanding the truth of who we are rather than the lies. And P is purpose or the plan for your life. So once we own our own ship, <laughs> Well, we got happy days sailing ahead. Yeah, and that—that's perfect. That's exactly the—I think the talk you gave when I when I first met yeah. you. Yeah. So, oh, okay, okay. So, Simone, how can people learn more about you and your work, um, and you know, look into some of the great courses, and maybe even get a hold of your book, which we'll include a link actually to um, to the book. Um, sure. But what's the best way to to learn more about you? Um, well, you can just go to my website, which is simoneleslie.com. Leslie spelled with an I-E. So S-I-M-O-N-E-L-E-S-L-I-E.com. And all my info and contact stuff is there. Yeah, and she, Simone's got Facebook groups and YouTube channel and all the work. So you can find all those links in there. I've looked at all of them there. I just saw some. So <laughs> it's some really inspiring videos too on your website. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I think that that was um, an amazing interview and it had a lot of um, a real nice depth and we've explored some courageous topics. So thank you so much for being you, doing the amazing work and for sharing it with me and my listeners today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you listeners. And please do comment. Tell us what your, um, your calling is, your assignment. I'd love to hear from you. And be sure to like the show on your podcast uh, viewing, uh, what is it called? Application. <laughs> so that that's, uh, shares the karma for us and shares the love. All right, everyone. We're going to wrap it up there. Have a great day and happy coaching.